guys, welcome back to the Mid-American Bandwagon. Glad to have you back with us again today. I am Zach Follador, joined by my co-host, Sam Philman. Sam, how are you doing? How are things in Indianapolis? Oh, they're going great. I just found out Ball State is scheduling a, a game with Iowa State, so I'm pretty pumped for that. But this isn't about the Ball State-Iowa State game. We got a special segment for you guys. Yeah, we're excited to bring you uh, episode two of the Mount Rushmore's of the MAC series that we are doing. Uh, for anyone that tuned in last week and listened to our Central Michigan episode, thank you for listening and thank you for the feedback. Uh, we were joined by uh, Hustle Belt Creative Director and Central Michigan alum James Jimenez for that episode. For today's episode, episode number two of our uh, series, we're joined by a special guest, Ryan Brandt, Toledo alum and the uh, host and operator of Rocket Ryan's Rocket Report on YouTube. Uh, Ryan, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks, Sam and Zach. I appreciate you having a shady character like me on. Um, I hope I don't uh, bring you down at all, but I will uh, do my best to talk about the Rockets and uh, let you know... Uh, my picks. Awesome. Awesome. So we're, we're looking forward to getting your insights. And, you know, similar to what uh, Sam and I did with, with James last week, you know, we want you to be honest with us. We are obviously not experts on Toledo as you may be, or as you are, I should say. Um, so if any of these are reaches, uh, or, you know, maybe if we're going a little bit, uh, you know, too deep into the barrel, let us know. Because, you know, we, we want this to be a, a conversation and open sure. uh, you know, uh, open forum here. So, um, so before we get started, though, why don't you tell us a little bit just about kind of your background, how you, uh, you know, initially uh, came to be a Toledo fan and, and you know, your experience as a, as a Rockets fan over the years. All right. Well, I grew up in Fremont, Ohio, which is about 30 miles southeast of Toledo. And so it was the Toledo TV market. And a lot of their games were on TV when I was a kid. So 1979 NCAA tournament, it's the Rockets taking on Iowa. And Stan Joplin hits a shot at the buzzer to beat Iowa, puts Toledo into the Sweet 16. From that point on, at 12 years old, I became a Rockets fan. Then the following fall, there was a, back in those days, ABC had regional games and they had Central Michigan and Toledo from the Glass Bowl. Watched that game. I remember Gary Hogaboom, who ended up being a quarterback with the Cowboys, starting quarterback for Central in that game. And Mike Kennedy, had a great game, defensive back. He ended up playing for the Buffalo Bills. He was for the Toledo Rockets. And just seeing that game, it was a 7-7 tie. And so then right then, I, okay, I got my basketball. I got my football in. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be a Rockets fan. And uh, I wasn't much of a football player. I mean, I was on the team at Fremont Ross. We made the state semifinals my junior year, but I played two plays that year. And uh, I thought, at that point, I want to be – I want to do something with sports. So I uh, – Went to UT, majored in broadcasting. From there, I started in Zanesville, Ohio, where I was a weekend sports anchor, weekday reporter, and I also did weather on the weekends. And then from there, I went to Johnstown, PA, to the Fox Station, where I was a weekend sports anchor there. Got the chance to come back to, to the Buckeye State. Um, my wife's from the Dayton area, so I was the sports weekend sports anchor there for seven years before finally getting to be the sports director, the main guy for the uh, for. Uh, 2006 to 2008 and then 2008 I moved into sales so I sell TV commercials I moved up here to Toledo back in um, in September of last year 
and I'm selling TV commercials for WTOL Channel 11 now, but uh, just gives me an opportunity to be close to my alma mater, close to my lifelong friends, and uh, close to my dad who, who lives up here. I also did some play-by-play -play when I got into sales for um, local radio station down in the Dayton area, did high school games and everything like that. So I, I've pretty much done a little bit of everything when it comes to uh, sports and sports casting, but it's just great to be able to uh, come back up here and uh, root on my Rockets in, in person as opposed to watching Maction or getting up here every once in a while. Awesome. Awesome. I know when I asked the question, I was hoping for, for a way back story like the, the buzzer beater versus Iowa. So that's an awesome, uh, awesome memory. So if you guys are ready, Sam, if you're ready, Ryan, if you're ready, I think we can go ahead and get this, uh, get this thing started. Sam, you ready to go? I am. All right, let's go ahead and do it. So Ryan, our, our guest always has the honor of, of picking first. So we're going to put you on the spot here. You are on the hot seat. You get the, uh, the first overall pick here on the Toledo Mount Rushmore. All right, Zach and Sam, thank you. I am going to, with my first pick, select Chuck Ely, quarterback, eighth in the Heisman, 1971. He led the Rockets to a 35-0 record. It was, uh, right now, I think it's the third longest winning streak in Division A history, FBS they call it now. But um, what a great player. He was undefeated in high school down in Portsmouth, Notre Dame, Portsmouth, Ohio, and uh, they wanted to make him a defensive back because he was a black quarterback. He came up to Toledo and just led them to three straight Tangerine Bowl victories. And uh, what a great player he was. Went on to the Canadian Football League, because again, back then, they didn't draft black quarterbacks. He went on to win a great cup his rookie year up in Canada. So that's my number one pick. And I think uh, he's just definitely a legend. He still comes back and does a lot with the university and uh, just a good, solid person, as opposed to a great football player. And in addition to being a great football player, I should say. <laughs> I think that's a great pick. I had him on my list. I'll have to cross him off here. Uh, I can't say much more about that Mac Hall of Fame, Toledo Hall of Fame. He had over 5,000 passing yards for Toledo, 54 total touchdowns, 900 yards. He's the total package. Like you said, he wasn't allowed in the NFL because they didn't want to draft black quarterbacks. He did amazing things in the CFL Grey Cup victory, most outstanding rookie award. He was just an overall outstanding athlete. Yeah, No doubt awesome. about it. Yeah, he was, he was on my list as well. I, I saw, you know, just the, the things you can, you know, his career highlights at Toledo. I mean, his name's all over the record book, you know, three top 20 finishes, three straight Tangerine Bowl victories, quite a decorated career uh, was he when he was suiting up for the Rockets. So certainly uh, a heck of a first pick, Ryan. Yeah, and eighth, um, eighth in the Heisman back then for a Mac player was something yeah. to be, something very impressive. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right, so I guess I'm up for uh, so for pick number two. I'm gonna go with Bob Nichols, head basketball coach at Toledo from 1965 to 1987. His 377 victories are first all time, not only at Toledo but in the Mid American Conference. He's third all time in the MAC in winning percentage, but first all time in wins. Took. Toledo to three of their four NCAA tournament appearances in school history. Maybe I should, I could say that more clearly four times in the history of Toledo basketball. They've been to the NCAA tournament. Three of those times, Bob Nichols was their head coach, 67, 79, and 1980. Uh, the 1979 team included the, uh, the upset over Iowa that you uh, had mentioned earlier, Ryan. And also a cool thing I, I saw during my research that, in 1976, a couple years earlier, the first ever game at uh, Savage Hall, where the team still plays, uh, defending national champion Indiana 
uh, came to Savage Hall, led by Bob Knight, on a 33-game winning streak, and the Rockets knocked them off that night as well. So a lot of notable memories, a lot of notable program milestones under Bob Nichols. Like I said, uh, three N- uh, NCAA tournament appearances, uh, five MAC championships, five-time MAC Coach of the Year, all-time MAC wins leader, all-time leader in wins at Toledo. My set, uh, my first overall pick, second pick overall is Bob Nichols. Can't argue with that. He was a great person, great coach, and uh, like you said, he did coach that team in 1979, which made me an instant Rockets fan and an instant Bob Nichols fan. Interesting story. After they beat Iowa, they went on to play Notre Dame in the next round. Only lost by eight points. If they would have won, they would have gotten to play Michigan State, the eventual national champions, and Magic Johnson. So one win away from wow. Magic and, uh, and the Spartans. So, and, and I did have him on my list. The only thing I can add to that is 20 consecutive winning seasons. So not only did he do that for one season, two seasons, for 20 consecutive seasons, he finished with the third best winning percentage in the MAC. Definitely a solid pick. So, Ryan, as we mentioned, do you think Bob Nichols is a reach here? Not at all. Not at all. He's, he's definitely on my short list. All right. So a strong start so far. So we have uh, first overall pick from Ryan was Chuck Ely, former Toledo quarterback. And then second overall, I went with longtime head basketball coach, Bob Nichols. So Sam, that brings us to you, my friend. You have our next two picks. So close out the first round here. Uh, Who are you going to go with at number three overall? I think I'm going to close it out with a strong one. He's even before Rocket Ryan's time. He's a Hall of Famer, if that gives you any hints. Emlyn Tunnell, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's a defensive back, two-time NFL champion, NFL Hall of Fame, nine-time Pro Bowler, six times first-team All-Pro. Not to mention he was on the 1950s All-Decade team, the 50th anniversary All-Time team, the 100th anniversary All-Time team, the New York Giants Ring of Honor, 79 picks in the NFL, over 2,000 punt return yards. I mean, I mean that just tells you all. And that was just strictly for the NFL, not to mention his accolades for Toledo. He finished his career as a coach for the Packers and Giants. Good pick. That's, that's a guy I'd kind of forgotten about because, like you said, it did go way before my time. Thank you for pointing that out because <laughs> I'm not that old. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely a, uh, a guy that deserves to be – to be considered, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and Sam, um, that is uh, a guy I had on my list. I think he was he was a guy I was hoping to save for later in the draft in case you know. Um, I, I was thinking he was someone that maybe nobody else would have would have mentioned. So <laughs> good job there. I, I think it was a good pick. I mean, a, a lot of what you mentioned. I mean, just the pro accolades by themselves are pretty crazy. Like the nine-time Pro Bowl, six-time All-Pro. Um, all decades team just so he's such an accomplished career it's it's hard to it's hard to not uh you know include that guy next pick stays with you sir so we're at uh starting second round now uh your second pick sam fourth overall so right right here ryan you said you became a fan in 1979 correct yes sir so this way again this is another pick that goes before his time I'm going to go with a strong, I believe, strong contender in Mel Long, another defense, another football player, defensive tackle. He was selected in the 11th round in 1972. He was placed in the College Football Hall of Fame, 1971 MAC Defensive Player of the Year, two-time All-American, three MAC championships to his name, 
bowl victories for Toledo, a part of a Toledo squad that went 35-0 and over three years. He was obviously placed in the Toledo Hall of Fame for good reason. Also a Toledo captain for them. Son of a – son was also dominant for Toledo when he played in. He only had a three-year NFL career, but I believe his, his kind of college accomplishments deserve him on this list. Right. He, um, he was in Vietnam before, so he, was, he would have been a 25-year-old rookie when he was drafted by the Browns. Oh, wow. So, um, the thing about Mel Long was he was the first consensus All-American in Mid-American Conference history. So every All-American team picked him to be as a defensive tackle. And back in those days, Bob Hope had a Christmas special. Bob Hope, he's a comedian, you guys may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Your parents and grandparents may have talked about him. <laughs> anyway, uh, he would have the All-American team on every year. So there's a picture in the media guide in the yearbook shows him standing next to Bob Hope on the show with his Toledo jersey on and everything. So, yeah, he's definitely a great pick. and He was definitely on my short list, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, it, the guys on in the College Football Hall of Fame, I mean, it's hard to, you know, that, I think that right there is so that's yeah. the end, end of conversation, I think. That's, uh, yeah, I think he was probably on all of our lists. So, another solid pick there, Sam. So, Two back-to-back strong strong picks from you, Sam. We got Emlyn Tommel and Mel Long uh, at number four. Uh, that sends it back to me here. So with my second overall pick, fifth pick overall here in the draft, um, I'm going with someone a, a little bit more recent. So Ryan and I were talking before the show uh, that, you know, how I'm from Pittsburgh and, and he has some roots in, in near Pennsylvania as well. So I'm going with a local boy here on this one, Ryan. I'm going Bruce Gradkowski. Oh, good call. 2005 first team All-Mac and honorable mention All-American. Uh, he is the uh, Toledo career leader in passing yards with 9,225 completions with 766 and touchdown passes with 85. He set a record in 2003 as a sophomore by uh, completing 71.2% of his passes, uh, which at the time uh, was a school record that has since been broken, but still 71% of your passes is pretty crazy. He set the school record for passing touchdowns in uh, 2003 with 29, uh, almost broke it the next year when he threw 28. Threw for three touchdowns. Uh, I'm sure this is a game that you remember, Ryan. I remember even as a little kid watching this, I actually remember this because I remember, you know, I followed him because he was from Pittsburgh. Threw for three touchdowns with a broken right hand in a 35-27 win over Miami in the MAC championship game. So, again, uh, all-time pa- leader in passing yards and completions and TD passes. Uh, went on to have a long career in the NFL. Was the backup, a long-time backup quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, so with my second pick and the fifth pick overall, I'm going with Bruce Gradkowski. And that's a great pick there. And I know his first season he started was 2003. And University of Pittsburgh came in with a guy named Larry Fitzgerald. You may have heard of him. Anyway, he's, he's done some stuff in the NFL. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Pitt came in ranked number nine. And Gradkowski hit Lance Moore in the back of the end zone with less than a minute to go to give Toledo the upset win. And uh, Rockets went eight and four that year, back when there weren't many bowl bids afforded to MAC teams. So they didn't go to a bowl game, but uh, what a great season. What a great coming out party, I guess you could say, for the pride of Seton LaSalle. And the only thing I'll add, the only reason I remember watching him, because I I didn't start a college football fan until late, is watching him on your Pittsburgh Steelers during the preseason. Yeah, that's the only uh, time I got to watch him play. Yeah, and, and you know there there were a few times over the years where where uh, Roethlisberger got hurt and um, Bruce came in and you know he he was 
you know, he never started for long stretches or anything, but he, he, he can make some plays and he, he won us a game here and there over the years. So also, um, also lost us a game when he was a quarterback of the Raiders uh, through three touchdowns and beat the Steelers. So I don't yeah, know that's that. exactly right. They came that's, in. I, I like to see Toledo guys do well. And if he could have thrown three touchdowns and been through four and we won, that would have been better. I shouldn't yep. say we, I, I don't play for the Steelers, but you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. No, that no, goes no. what I'm saying. <laughs> of course. Yes. I remember, I also remember that game very well. So yeah, so going with the local guy uh, relative to me for my second pick with Bruce Gradkowski. That sends us back to you then, Ryan. So um, these next two picks are yours, picks number six and seven overall. So with the number six pick here to close out round number two, uh, who are you going to go with here? I am going to go with Trisha Culp. She is the head women's basketball coach. She has been there since 2008 and coming into this year, 378 wins, 250 losses, three MAC championships. In fact, she won as the head coach back in 2011 the WNIT championship, Women's National Invitational Tournament, against the Southern Cal Trojans. They came into Savage, and before a packed house of 7,300 people, uh, they got the big win. And uh, she's just a, a class act, a, a good representative of the school, Purdue grad. And um, and one of the most impressive things is is that what she's done with the program as far as getting the community involved. The Rockets for the last, and again, I'm, I'm, like, I'm just spitballing here, but probably for the least the last five to 10 years, they finished in the top 25 in attendance in women's college basketball, which is very wow. impressive for a, a Mac school. You look down the list and you see a lot of Big Ten schools don't even average what Toledo does. So they get the crowd involved. They, they do a lot of community outreach and uh, Patricia Cullop is my, my pick right there. I think that's a good pick. I, you know, I was, as I was doing my research for this segment, I, you know, I, I took a look at, you know, the kind of the history of a, a couple of the different teams on, uh, on, on Toledo's campus. One of the teams I looked at was the women's basketball team. And it seems like, you know, from really from the nineties the all the way up until the, the modern day, it seems like a really strong program. That, that the Rockets have there in Toledo, just with, I mean, you look at the NCAA tournament appearances in the 90s, you know, 91, 92, 95, 96, 97, 99. I know that was a little, that was before Trisha was the coach, but even still, I mean, she's clearly kind of continued that on and, and really, I mean, you mentioned winning the, the, the women's NIT and, and, you know, the, the continued NCAA tournament appearance. I mean, it's that, it seems like, you know, that that's a program that has a solid foundation and she's really maintained that. Yeah, yes. and I and, and as a Ball State student, I remember us playing Toledo twice last season, barely coming up with victories. Definitely hard-fought victories. Both uh, victories coming up by single digits. Toledo's no joke in women's basketball, and it was proven last season. And they got off to back when I was in school. I graduated in '89. That's one thing I forgot to mention. Um, but towards the tail end of my my career at UT as a student, uh, we had a coach, Bill Fennelly, who. Uh, got them into the women's NIT when, when it was a new thing. He then went on to become the coach at Iowa State, and he's still there. And then Mark mm. Elon, Elon took over, led him to some NCAA tournament appearances, and then Trisha came in and just kept the ball rolling. So, uh, yeah, it all started with uh, another person that uh, Iowa State stole from us, like they stole Matt Campbell. But uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, another story for another time. Yeah, sure, sure. Another excellent pick there. Uh, Ryan. So for here to start the third round, uh, it's going to stick with you. So you get one more here. So this will be your third overall or your third pick and the seventh pick overall. Okay. I'm going to stick, stick with the coaching circle here. I'm going with Gary Pinkle. Um, he took over for a guy named Nick Saban, who was here one year, 1990. Nick went nine and two, 
and they lost those two games by a total of five points. So they were five points away from being undefeated. He left, of course, and went to the Cleveland Browns to be their defensive coordinator. He's gone on to bigger and better things. But um, Pinkle took over. He was an assistant coach for Don James out in Washington. And he came in here and uh, went, was here from 1991 to 2000, 73 wins, which is the most wins in UT history. Led them to uh, a big win at Penn State. Your alma mater, aren't you a Penn State? That's right. You got Back it. In yep. 2000, and, uh, and uh, Chester Taylor just ran all over them that day, 24-6, uh, to six, and then really got the ball rolling. They went undefeated in 1995, won the uh, first ever game that was decided in overtime in NCAA Division I-A history. That season, they played for ties, but starting with the bowl season, they said, okay, we're going to de determine – we're going to have a winner in this game. So Washante got the overtime touchdown winner against Nevada. Rockets won the Las Vegas Bowl, and they were ranked in the top 25. And then uh, his, um, in, in 2000, when they beat Penn State, they were 10-1 and one that year. And their only loss coming by a touchdown to Western Michigan. They didn't make the MAC championship game. They were ranked 25th, didn't get a bowl bid because the MAC only had one bowl, bowl tie-in that year. And uh, – from there, he went to Missouri and is their all-time winningest coach there. So Gary Pinkle is my uh, my third pick. An excellent pick. You know, before I, I logged on here to, to start this, I was wondering to myself, I was like, I wonder if Ryan is going to bring up the 2000 game when Toledo knocked off Penn State in Beaver Stadium. Drilled him. Sure enough. Yeah, it was <laughs> not not for not for nine year old Zach who grew up in a Penn State household. It wasn't I because I, I actually do remember that game very well. You know, there there were some uh, yeah early two thousands there. There were a couple of lean years for the Nittany Lions. Right, uh, you guys came in and I think that that game there was kind of the first sign for a lot of Penn State fans that something something made right. Not to take anything away, I mean, you guys right. obviously were the better team that day, and Gary Pinkle went on to do great things. I think. You know, the thing about Gary Pinkle, like you think about even what he did after Toledo when he went to Missouri of how, you know, transitioning them from the Big 12 into the SEC, a lot of people thought that they were really going to struggle with that. And because, you know, with, with Gary Pinkle as their head coach, they made it to the SEC title game two years in a row. Right. Um, and then obviously, you know, once he left, uh, things have, have gone downhill a little bit for him. But, uh, yeah, I think I, another great pick. He was on my list as well. I mean, anytime you have your, your all-time wins leader at a school um, that has a history of football success like Toledo, I think you need to have your name in that conversation. So an, another solid pick. Thank you. Yeah, great, great pick as a two-time all-time leader. Like, how can you get better than that? Not only leading one, leading a school, uh, one school in victories, but then go to Missouri, lead another. His overall record, 191, 110, and three ties overall. Seven and four overall in Bulls. What can you say about the man other than he's a winner? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Certainly is. And uh, built up, you know, a couple of different programs, obviously. All right. So that was the first pick of round three there for Ryan. So that brings it back to me here uh, for the eighth overall pick. I'm going to go back to uh, – I'm going to go to women's basketball. I'm going to go with Kim Nuth Clare. I, I believe I said her last name correctly. She was the uh, two-time MAC Player of the Year in uh, after the '98 and '99 season, a three-team, first-team All-MAC selection, MAC Tournament MVP in 1999. She was also in 1999 in her senior season. She was uh, named honorable mention All-American. 
she was academic All-American uh, in her junior year and three-time All-Academic All-Mac. She's all-time leading scorer for the women's basketball team with 2,509 points, uh, eighth in rebounds, fourth in assists, first in steals with 368, uh, led the team in scoring for three straight years, her sophomore through her juniors, uh, through her senior season, excuse me. And uh, she's also, uh, not only is she the, the school's all-time leading scorer, she's the all-time leading scorer in the MAC for women's basketball as well. Uh, played on three straight NCAA tournament teams in six, uh, 96, 97, and uh, 98 uh, while she was there. So I go, uh, I submit my third overall pick, uh, Kim Knuth-Claire. So that one there, I don't know what your, uh, what your thoughts are, Ryan. Yeah, was, Kim Knuth, that's it. I, I, I remember her. She was a good, great player. Okay. Yep. Kim Knuth. It was a, uh, I, you know, it's funny when they get, when they get married and you throw in that hyphen there. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, definitely a great player. One of the, you know, we've had a lot of great players in Toledo women's history and, you know, she definitely ranks up there amongst the best. I mean, all time leading scorer at the time of her graduation. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. And I, I, when you mentioned women's basketball, I thought you were going to go for my next pick, but I'm uh, glad you did in there. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sam, it is, it's, it, the pick is to you. So if you just want to go ahead and uh, list that one for us. So we're going back to back women's basketball here, it sounds like. Yes, we are indeed. So this person is kind of close to my heart considering she is from Indiana. So I'm going to go with Dan, Dana Drew Shaw. So her accomplishments are enormous. Two times MAC Player of the Year, two times All MAC First Team, three three NCAA tournament appearances, three regular season MAC championships, three tournament titles. Not to mention that in those three MAC tournament titles, she was the MVP in all three. Second all time Toledo on assists with 659, fourth in scoring with nine nineteen hundred points. Three and she also did it. Um, in school, three times academic All-Mac, Toledo Hall of Fame, Mac Hall of Fame, and not to mention the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely a good choice there. And uh, just a little side note on her, her dad, Homer Drew, was the head coach at Valparaiso for a long time. Oh, okay. Brothers Bryce Drew, who's now the head coach at uh, Grand Canyon University, where my daughter just happened to graduate from two years ago. He took over. Bryce took over for Dan Marley who was one of the picks last week for yeah. and uh, he's now the head coach out there. So, but yeah, Dana drew definitely a, a great player married, ended up marrying Casey Shaw, who was uh, an NBA draft pick uh, who played at UT. So those kids, they decide to have kids. They're going to be some good basketball players. What a, I mean, what a basketball family the Drews are. Yeah, I mean, come on, talk about good, good basketball genes. That's crazy. Um, That's how they grow them out there in Indiana, right, Sam? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's it. It grows like corn. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, you know, Sam, that it was when I was looking to include someone from the women's basketball program, it was either, it was either going to be Kim Knuth or, or Drew Shaw. So that's crazy. We, we kind of went with the, the opposite options there, but yeah, I think because of everything you mentioned, I, I think him and her, her, I think both of these uh, women's basketball players, uh, Knuth and, and, and Drew Shaw, I think they both warrant, consideration here just based on the the achievements and how much you know you, you mentioned all the, the the school records that she holds and all the you know she's on all those lists all the all mac appearances and stuff like that i mean i think you got to include someone that has that much uh that you know decoration around their name that brings us to the beginning of round four here 
Sam, you have the 10th overall pick here and your fourth pick for your Toledo Mount Rushmore. So who are you going to go with for the 10th overall? Yes, I am deciding between two players, two, I'm going to say uh, basketball players, two basketball players. I think I'm going to go, this is, this is a tough one. I, I think they're both solid picks. I'm going to go, hmm, I'm going to go with Steve Mix. Uh, he's a fifth round selection in 1969, 15 seasons for both the NBA and ABA, 1975 NBA all-Star 1969 Mac player of the year, three times first time first team all Mac, 8,000 points in the NBA slash ABA, 4,000 rebounds. He was also a co- coach for Toledo for a season, finished out his career 22 years as a color commentator. He definitely belongs in the Toledo Hall of Fame as he was placed. He was also placed in the Ohio Hall of Fame. His jersey was retired. 1,600 points for Toledo, leader in points per game for Toledo. Toledo's single game record for points, and he also led Toledo to an NCAA tournament appearance. Woo! That's a, a great pick. And he was definitely on my short list as well. Um, guy who went to Toledo Rogers here in, in Toledo, obviously with Toledo Rogers. Anyway, he uh, <laughs> went right to UT, and uh, back in those days, only players only got three years of eligibility. So great career there. That year, 67, when they made the NCAA tournament, lost to Virginia Tech in the first round in a tight one. I think they were 23-2 and two that year, the Rockets were under Bob Nichols and, and Steve Mix. So it's a good combination they had there with Mix. And, uh, yeah, he um, I remember him doing color with the Toledo Rockets. He was head coach of the women's team for one year, I do believe you said, Sam. And then uh, he went on to be a uh, color commentator for the uh, 76ers on their TV broadcast. So he uh, said quite a career. Sam, I had I had one basketball player on my list who I'm about to who I'm about to pick right now. So I was really hoping you weren't going to take that one. So I think Steve is he, Steve Mix was a a good uh, a good pick. I did look at him as I was doing my research for for my next pick here. I'm going to go with another basketball player who was there a little bit later in Bob Nichols' tenure. I'm going to go with Ken Epperson. Ken is the all-time leading scorer for Toledo men's basketball, 2016 points. Uh, He's also the all-time leader in uh, rebounds with 960 and field goals with 786. All-time leader in uh, field goal attempts in MAC games and uh, second in points in MAC play with just a little over 1,200 He's in the top 10 in Toledo record books for an in, points in an individual season, led the team in scoring uh, for two years and rebounding for two other years. He was the um, named to the freshman All-Mac team after his 1982 season and uh, second team All-Mac his sophomore year. Uh, and then his junior and senior years, both years, he was a unanimous first team All-Mac selection. Went on to play uh, professionally in Australia for a few years after he graduated from uh, Toledo. And uh, then after retiring from his playing career, uh, spent some time in Australia as a coach as well. So all-time leading scorer and rebounder in Toledo basketball history, Ken Epperson. That was definitely a great pick. I remember him. I would have been in high school when he played here. And uh, definitely a great player. The teams weren't that solid around him. They kind of – that was the first time that they hadn't won over 20 games. They won 20 games five years in a row. Mm. And – Supporting cast just didn't seem to be there, but uh, definitely a great player. Anytime you lead a program in all-time leading points, at over 2,000 in a career, it's definitely solid. And it's a very good pick there, Zach. 
Yeah, and that was that was the name I was be going between him and Steve Mix. So definitely a solid pick. I mean, I, I, averaging twenty five points per game for college is definitely tough. Th- there's a reason why he's all time leader in points, rebounds, career field goals. I mean, he was just dominant for Tulia. That brings us back to you, Ryan. So um, these next two picks will be yours. These will be your final two picks. So we'll close out the fourth round here uh, with the 12th overall, and then you'll go ahead and kick off the the fifth round for us. So for your fourth pick here, closing out the fourth round, your next pick for the uh, Toledo Mount Rushmore. We're going to have to go to the wrestling mat for this. A guy named Dick Wilson back in from 1959 to 64. He was on the wrestling team here at UT after serving in the Army. He was a three-time Olympian. 123 and 130. He was an NCAA champ one year, runner-up back-to-back years. He ended up being a coach at UT in the 60s after he had graduated. Longtime administrator, um, moved into being a principal at some schools around the Northwest Ohio area. But uh, Dick Wilson, definitely a, a legend when it comes to wrestling. Washington, PA guy. That's where he's from. Little Washington, as you people from Pittsburgh like to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down here in Washington County. It's Don Washington. As, as, as Yins would say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dick Wilson, uh, definitely a great wrestler. So three-time All-American as well. Awesome. Uh, you know what? I got to be honest with you, Ryan. As we're going through this uh, this draft, that is the first name that has not been on my list. I, I had not come across him. Um, I think it's always cool to hear, though, like what you were mentioning about him, you know, uh, after his uh, athletic career was over, being involved as – uh, you know, an administrator and, and being still around the program. I think that's always something that like you need to consider as well as like those people who are really not just as athletes, but really helped lay the foundation uh, for, for future success at a school. And, and I think anytime someone does that both as an athlete and then, you know, giving back to the program afterwards, I think is definitely something that warrants, you know, extra consideration when you're talking about people like this who have really had an impact on the program. And, right. and another thing to bring up, he was on the U.S. World Cup wrestling team. So not only did he get it done for Toledo, he got it done for the good old USA. And, I mean, <laughs> he's he's definitely a legend. He not only did it as a player, he went back and coached them. So, I mean, he's he's definitely a solid pick. Yeah. Well, my, dad, my dad's an Oklahoma State grad, and he would have been at Oklahoma State when Dick Wilson was wrestling at, at Toledo. And he, he remembers him. And wow. Oklahoma State's a huge wrestling school. And uh, yeah. he, he said he remembers him winning national title and being runner-up and, and all that. So it's pretty cool that, uh, you, you know, going back to the late 50s, early 60s, how, you know, much of a lasting legacy that Dick Wilson has left. Awesome. Awesome. I love a good throwback pick. And we've had a, f- a few good throwback picks here today. I love it. When we started these segments, I was worried that there was going to be a lot of like recency bias. And we were going to have a bunch of Mount Rushmore's of people that played in the last, you know, 10 or 12 years or whatever. Right. Thankfully, we haven't had that problem. So another awesome pick there, Ryan. So Thank all you. right, starting the fifth round now. Uh, so this is going to be your final pick here, r- rounding out your lineup, Ryan. So with your fifth pick, 13th overall pick, who are you going to go with? I am going with a uh, track and cross-country runner by the name of Brianna Shook. She ran at UT back in the – oh, my dog's whining at me here. Ah, it's okay. So, um, yeah, ran here in the uh, early 2000s. But she's an 11-time MAC champion in women's track, indoor track, and cross-country. Three-time All-American. And, in fact, 2004, 
she was in the Olympic marathon trials in the steeplechase. She had the whole thing won. She set an American record, but she was disqualified because she missed a water jump. She missed the first water jump. Oh, and, man. Uh, so just a, it's just a shame. But, I mean, you look at her best times, 421 in the 1500. 1608 in a 5k. I kind of can't run, run two miles in 1608. Yeah. And then in a 10k, 3350, which uh, are still Rockets records. So yeah, definitely. Uh, and she, she grew up in nearby Tiffin. She went to Seneca East High School. So nice to see a, a local girl doing well at the, uh, the 419s Harvard, as I like to wow. call it. <laughs> so, so she did, she did Indoor track, outdoor track, and cross country at Toledo, you said. Exactly. And she was an 11 time MAC champ. So, was that, I'm assuming that was pretty evenly distributed across like all three sports? Like, was she a three time champ in a cut each, or how, how was that broken down? Yeah, let's see. That's a good, that's a good question. I, uh, I do have uh, some information popped up here, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, looks like it was evenly distributed, so yeah. I apologize for not being more. Uh, no, 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 no. That's that's okay. I, I didn't uh, didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I just think I mean you see eleven championships. I mean that's an astounding number in a, in a four year athletic career in college. Right. I mean, a three time All American. That's quite a story about the steeplechase qualifier too. That's uh, man, that's a heartbreaker. Oh, it sure is. I mean. And the funny thing is, it wasn't really an Olympic sport till 2008, but they still ran the, she would have been considered an Olympian. Mm -hmm. had she not gotcha. But uh, yeah, just a great runner, Brianna Shook. And, and why I wanted to kind of do this series, this Mount Rushmore series, is to highlight like players that don't really get the recognition they deserve. Like we see football players all the time. Like we, most people who know Mac know about Bruce Gardkowski, know yeah. about Gary Pinkle, but it's these names like, Brianna Shook. It's these names like Dick Wilson that we don't hear on an everyday basis. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And that's also why I love having uh, people like you on with us, Ryan, because these are, those are names that, that I did not, you know, come across in my research. So we love having people on like yourself that have such a deep kind of knowledge and, and passion for the, 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 the program and the institution. I think that that makes this all even better. I am a little biased. My dad is a longtime track and cross country coach. My daughters all run. And so I wanted to try to, to mix in that sport because I tell you what, those people that run track and cross country, it's, it's uh, got a lot of, have to have a lot of heart. In, in yeah, that. yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So um, to briefly recap Ryan's five here, we have uh, former Toledo quarterback Chuck Ely was his first pick, uh, women's basketball coach Trisha Cullop. Uh, number two, uh, former head football coach Gary Pinkle at three, uh, former uh, wrestler and NCAA champion Dick Wilson at four, and then 11-time um, MAC champ in indoor-outdoor track and cross-country, Brianna Shook at number five. A solid, solid lineup there, Ryan. Well, well oh, done. Thanks. Well thanks done. for a first-timer. Not bad, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that brings me to my last pick here, pick number five, number 14 overall, this one here, I went back and forth a little bit. So, Ryan, you tell me if this one might be a reach. Um, this guy had some, some, some great moments as a coach at Toledo. He just he wasn't there for all that long. Um, I'm going with uh, Frank Lauderber. I hope I said his name right. Head football coach at Toledo from uh, 1963 
1970. His last four years there, Toledo went a combined 37-5 and 1. That included uh, the 35-game, or I'm sorry, the 23-game winning streak um, that we talked about uh, a little bit early ago, um, and two consecutive Tangerine Bowl victories after the 1969 and 1970 seasons uh, led Toledo to a number 14 overall ranking in the final AP poll in 1970. After that season ended, he parlayed that success into uh, a promotion and a head coaching job at Iowa. So again, that was, that was my only kind of uh, drawback there with including him on this list as he wasn't at Toledo for all that long, uh, considering some of the other coaches we've, we've talked about here. But nonetheless, that is my fifth pick, uh, former head football coach Frank Lauterbur. That's not a reach at all. I mean, that's the guy that got the ball rolling, got him, like you said, the 23-0 record. Jack Murphy came in. They went 12-0 and the next year to extend that winning streak to 35 straight. So, yeah, Frank Lauderer, definitely a, a Rockets legend and a guy who uh, definitely belongs on this Mount Rushmore plus one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Anytime you lead to a program to three ti- three uh, MAC titles and 23-0, most programs can't even get to 23 wins over a short span. So, that's, yeah. that's impressive, let alone that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So um, I, I think that is probably, you know, something I took into consideration as well, Ryan, like you mentioned, like, you know, being the guy that kind of got the ball, you know, rolling, got, got things started there. And then you see, obviously, the success that has come from that, um, the foundation that he laid back in the in the 60s and 70s, uh, which is, you know, one of the reasons why Toledo is one of the most successful football programs in the MAC. I don't think anyone would argue that. And it sure um, helps to have Chuck Ely and Mel Long on your team, too. Uh, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> hurt. It definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah. Two other guys we've uh, already included in this list. So that, that certainly helps. You're right. So, Sam, that brings us back to you. Round out your mm-hmm. five. So with the 15th overall pick, giving us four solid names so far. Close out the draft. Uh, who are you going to go with here at pick number 15? I'm going over to the softball pitch, I believe, with this one. I'm going to go with this person who was a stud pitching for Toledo softball. I'm going to go with Tammy Johnston. I mean, when you look at her, she holds like a majority of Toledo's pitching records. She holds career wins, ERA, strikeouts, starts, appearances, winnings, winning percentage, and several of her records even rank high in NCAA softball history. She also set many max season records. Uh, she also led the Toledo Rockets to a conference title, two second place finishes in the MAC. And even I have a quote from the head softball coach, Cherry Sprangle, who said, I still attribute much of our success today to the fact that Tammy Johnson put the University of Toledo on the map. I think that says it all why I picked her. That was definitely a great pick. I mean, she. She had a presence around campus. I mean, you noticed her when she walked by. You could tell she was just – she. Uh, she's one of those uh, athletes on campus that you just noticed because she was a great pitcher. And, and you know, at that time, football was struggling a little bit. Basketball was uh, – eh, but uh, you def- she definitely was a star back then, no doubt about it. Just, I mean, the, the amount of school records she holds, Sam, I mean – I was trying to write them down as you were saying them, I and it was just happening. I, I, there's too much there. I mean, that's because it's kind of the same thing that you mentioned. You know, we talked about with Brianna Shook of all those MAC titles she won and all the, the the individual accolades and stuff like that. I mean, you obviously when you have you know when you have that much impact on a program, 
you, you, you got to be considered on, on lists like this. So I love that we had a lot of picks from, from some of the more, you know, the more, you know, quote unquote Olympic sports that, that might not get um, talked about quite as much, um, which is really what I, you know, I love the most about this list. So Sam, that rounds out your five. I think that's a, a solid group you, you, you gave us there. I think we got three solid lists of five. I think we have three solid Mount Rushmore plus ones. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see when we put this on Twitter, how, how the, uh, the, the internet reacts. Yeah, it'll be interesting because uh, we could have taken an easy route and just gone all football. Yeah, yeah right, right, might right. Be, that might be a, an episode for another time. But, you know, you look at the, the great history that, like you said, the Olympic sports that uh, don't get much publicity, but there's been some dominant athletes at uh, good old Bancroft Street. And, uh, yeah, it's turned out uh, – really well for them and they've done done well in their in their postgraduate careers as well ryan we we can't thank you enough for for joining us today this this has been awesome your 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 knowledge of toledo and your passion for toledo athletics is, is an awesome thing to see we appreciate you taking some time to sit down with us and educate us a little bit on toledo and uh, coming up with a solid list and um you know we look forward to to speaking you to you again in the near future oh i appreciate you having a guy like me on you know i like i said uh must have uh, turned over every rock and just came up with me. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on here and uh, I'll be happy to join you anytime. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, Sam, any, any final thoughts? Uh, not really. I thought this was a really good episode. I thought we went first central Michigan was a solid episode. So this one was a solid episode. And if you, if you, if you want to know how kind of Ryan has a connection to the uh, Toledo on his Twitter, he has a picture with the head football coach. And who else was it? So uh, a couple of years ago, I played in the uh, UT football golf outing with my buddies who played at UT. And uh, so it was uh, Paul Sandor. He actually played in the CFL for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, another buddy of mine, uh, Doug Spidel, who uh, is a lawyer here in town. And Tony Hersel, now known as um, Tony Drenick. Long story there, but uh, all good buddies and, and great friends. And uh, it was nice that they let me come along with them uh, and, uh, and and try to hit the golf ball with them. But, uh, yeah, yeah if, if anybody wants to follow me, though, I, I would appreciate it. Uh, my Twitter handle is at RocketRyanB, my YouTube channel, Rocket Ryan's Rocket Report, and on Facebook, Rocket Ryan. So I uh, haven't been doing much lately just because of the everything that's not going on, I guess I should say. But once, uh, once the season starts up, I hope to get some – interviews with some uh, former players that, uh, that can talk about their time wearing the midnight blue and gold. Awesome. Awesome. So what, so what do you think if, uh, if, if, if we get a season this year, does Toledo get back to a bowl? I think so. They uh, brought in some uh, good coaches this year. Some, some uh, uh, coach Candle obviously had a disappointing year last year. Started out four and one, started, then he went to six and three, ended up six and six, didn't go to a bowl game. So he made some uh, off season changes on the coaching staff, brought in, Craig Kuligowski, who is a former offensive lineman for the Rockets back in the late 80s, early 90s, was a head coach under Pinkle out in, or assistant coach under Pinkle out at Missouri. He then ended up on the Miami staff, Miami of Florida, and then he was with Saban, Nick Saban down at Alabama two years ago. So he's going to be a good guy to have on staff. Vince Karras, who is the head coach over at Mountain Union, he joins him um, this year as a defensive assistant. And then, um, Robert Weiner, who's a quarterback coach, uh, he'll be the quarterback coach. He was uh, the head coach down in Florida, the head coach of Philip Ely, who was a quarterback here at UT. So he knows something about getting quarterbacks on the right 
playing field, so to speak. And uh, it'll be good to have those guys. And I think you'll see a, a much improved rack of season should we have one. And I'm crossing my fingers that we do. So am I. Well, uh, Ryan, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking some time. Thank you. Everyone out there, we thank you for, for listening. We'll continue with this ongoing series. It's not going to be, you know, as if we're going to release an episode every week. It's, it's going to be intermixed within our, our, our normal programming. But uh, we appreciate all the feedback we've gotten thus far. Uh, we'll have the, our, our three lineups here, our three Mount Rushmore's up on Twitter. Please feel free to comment and tell us what you think. I am Zach Follador. He is Sam Tillman. This is the Mac Bandwagon Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you guys soon.